This is a special presentation brought to you by the DAFMAP based on one of the lectures given by Harav Yohonasan Berger Schlita. Please check out our other videos and shiurim at www.thedafmap.com. Today's shear begins at the second line from the top. We must, uh, uh, at the outset, apologize for a technical difficulty that caused our previous shear to stop in mid-sentence. So, in order to appreciate what we are going to be opening with, it is absolutely necessary to be uh, familiar with the end of our Daf Mem Dalit shiur. So, we had mentioned in the, at the end of our previous shiur that there was a machlokes, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda, as to the number of Sanhedrin members that must be present for the measuring uh, process in the case of the Eglo Arufa. Rabbi Shimon said three, and that's learned from the word Zikenecha that appears in the Chumash, Dvarim Perachafal of Posek Beis, and Zikenecha is in the plural form, minimum plural is two, and you cannot have an even number of court, so we add one, making three. Rabbi Yehuda disagreed and said you have five. Of course, Zikenecha equals two. The Vav of the word Vishovtecha accounts for another two. That's a total of four. You can't have an even basin, giving you a total of five. The Gemara, at the second line from the top, asks, Elo if the Tanoim are coming to their conclusions based on the plural form of the words, well, when you look at those Psukim, you look again at Posuk base of Perak Chof Aleph, we've included it on the side of the Gemara, where it says, V'yotsu zekenecha v'shavtecha u'modetu, el he'orim ashir Well, in that Posuk you have the word V'yotsu, the elders go forth to do the measuring, that is in the plural form, Shnayim, minimum plural is two. It said in the Posuk, u'modetu, they went and measured, Shnayim, another two. So that's, that accounts for four more judges, well, are you going to then say the Rebuda Harekan Tisha? According to Rebuda, we had the original five plus now add another four that really you have to have nine judges for the measuring. And the Rebbe Shimon, who originally had three and we now accounted for another four, Harekan Shiva. Now there really are seven necessary. The Gemara says, no, don't conclude that. Hahu mi boya These words, Viyotsu uh, and Umadudu, have a separate role to play. They're not here for numbering purposes. Uh, so, the Gemara explains, means, they shall go forth, namely the actual members of the high court go forth for the measuring, and not, but not through their agents. That instead tells us, even if the body is found, Be'alil means clearly closer to one city more than the other. The measuring process would take place anyway. There's a fulfillment of a Torah precept in doing the act of measuring. So that you see that the measuring is not a means to an ends. The measuring is actually an ends in itself. 
Our Mishnah does not conform or agree with the opinion of Rabbi Banyakiv on this matter. Our Mishnah made no reference to the need to have a king or a high priest, a Kohen Gadol, present. Rabbi Banyakiv says otherwise. On the side, we have a, a topic heading that we're going to glance at uh, shortly. But first, let's read the Tanaic source in which uh, Rebbe Lozer ben Yankov appears. The Sanya, Rebbe Lozer ben Yankov Omer, Zikenecha, Zeus Sanhedrin. The word Zikenecha is a reference to the high court being present. So far, we don't see anything about numbers, but he uses Zikenecha to tell me members of the high court. This, by the way, is in contrast with the approach taken by Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon that we saw in our previous year, that the, in order to determine that members of the high court are the ones present for the measuring, that was derived from the word shoftecha. Rabbi Lezer uses the word zekenecha. Shoftecha, what does Rabbi Lezer derive from the word shoftecha? Ze melech v'koyen gadol. Present for the, uh, or participating in the Measuring must be the king and the high priest. It's interesting just to keep uh, to keep in the back of your mind, even though uh, it, the issue becomes quite philosophical, and that's going a little beyond the purview of our discussion. But nevertheless, you're dealing we're dealing with a a, um, a hideous situation. A murder victim is found, and according to Rebbe Zemnyankiv. It's, we can see the whole nation comes to a halt. The king, the high priest, we saw, as well as the, the members of the high court, have to stop whatever they're doing and come and measure the proximity of the body to the, to the nearest town. Even, and we said, even if it's clear to which town the body is closer, nevertheless, they have to measure not their agents, not their slaves themselves, the king and the high priest. Quite something to think about. Nevertheless, let's go on anyway in the Gemara. How do you see from the word Shoftecha, Melech and Kohen Godol? So Melech, Dichtiv. There's a posuk that refers to a king. It says, Melech Bamishpat Yamid Oretz. The word Bamishpat is associated with, with the word Shoftecha. Kohen Godol, Dichtiv, Uvosel Akoyhanim, Halavim, Vel Hashofet, Asher Yeh, Vechulei. In this postage, you see a reference to the Koyhanim, and it's taken to refer to the Kohen Godol for our purposes, and it, in the proximity of the word Hashofet in the same postage. We introduced Rebbe Yankov, and he mentioned the need for the High Court. On the side, we have our topic heading. The Nosei reads, Biur Shitas Rabbi a clarification of his opinion, Be'inyan Nochuchu Sanhedrin B'Medida, regarding the need for the presence of the High Court for measuring. Ha'im boy Shihei Shom Kol HaSanhedrin? Oh no, does he require the entire court to be present? Which would make him quite different than Rabbi Yishimun and Rabbi Yudah on this point as well. The, regarding the numbers or no maybe regarding the high court he Rebbe 
will go like either Rabbi Shimon or Rabbi Yehuda, three or five. Now, the Gemara. Ibayalo, Rabbi Lezer ben Yankiv, the Melech the Koyin Hu the Polik. Is it so that he disagrees with Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda only with regard to king and high priest? Avol Sanhedri, but as far as the number of members of the Sanhedrin, the highest court, Ikar Rabbi Yehuda, maybe he holds like Rabbi Yehuda five, Ikar Rabbi Shimon three, Severe lay, that would be his, Rabbi Lozer opinion, Oi Dilmo, or possibly Sanhedri Nami Polik, Ad Diiko Kulo Sanhedri. With regard to the Sanhedrin as well, he takes issue with them, and he, Rebbe Lozer requiring the entire Sanhedrin. Omar of Yosef. Now, before we go on in the Gemara, just a word about structure. Rabbi Yosef says, Toshma. He brings a Tanaic source. Notice we have a long marking, a long Toshma marking. This is all Rav Yosef's approach to the Gemara. He's going to come to a conclusion. He's going to conclude that for the measuring concerning Egla Rufa, you need to have the entire Sanhedrin present. Like choice bays that we just read. That, namely, where we read, O Dilma Sanhedri Nami Poli, Adi Kukula Sanhedri. That's going to be Rav Yosef's conclusion. After the long marking, you'll notice Abaye enters the picture, and he suggests an alternative to Rav Yosef's conclusion. After Abaye, about three lines after Abaye, the Gemara at the end of the line, you'll see the word Tanya, Tanya Kavosi Rav Yosef. But after all said and done, the Gemara is going to present a Brisa Tanaic source that will agree with Rav Yosef's conclusion. Uh, let's say the attempt to answer this question on the part of Rav Yosef involves introducing a new topic, uh, an outside topic, through which we'll then deal with the issue of the Sanhedrin and the measuring. On the side of the Gemara, we have a Tatnose subtopic heading. Zokain Mamre, the rebellious Rav, Rav, rebellious elder. What do we mean, rebellious elder? Shecholek ala Sanhedrin. He uh, issues a uh, legal ruling at odds against the highest court. And he meets up with them outside the base Hamikdash. Bizman pagi. The Gemara will refer to a place called base pagi. There's a discussion in the commentaries what that refers to. It's an area that's associated with the outer perimeter of Jerusalem. Base Pagi might be the, the, the forerunner of a place they call today Beth Page. The Zokin Mamre is a rebellious scholar in the sense that he is willing to take his opinion and his halachic ruling on a, whatever, on a given matter. The Gemara discusses Zokin Mamre uh, in, in Masecha Sanhedrin at much greater length. But there are certain areas of law, that he happens to issue a ruling that disagrees, that, it's, uh, that is at odds with the Sanhedrin. He eventually can be charged with a capital offense because of his disagreement with them. That's by way of background. 
structurally, after we read a, this Tanaic source, you'll see a double underlining scheme, which is explained on the side as Shlave Birur. So stages of clarification Be'inyan Mispar HaSanhedrin Sheyotsu Pagi Be'inyan HaZokin Mamre. We indicated that the Zokin Mamre meets up with the high court at base Pagi, this uh, outer perimeter of uh, Jerusalem, and he uh, disagrees with them over there. How many members of the court are there when he meets up with them over there in base Pagi? The uh, other issue that will be touched upon here is a Zokin Mamre doesn't become a Zokin Mamre, doesn't become labeled a Zokin Mamre, a rebellious elder, unless he argues with the Sanhedrin when they are at location, namely at their official location, the Lishkas Hagozis, the, the chamber that is assigned to them that's adjacent, that's attached to the Beis Hamikdash. If he disagrees with them and they're not uh, in their chambers, so to speak, not at location, so he doesn't become labeled a Zokin Mamre. And we mentioned before, Zokin Mamre is someone that is actually liable to uh, capital punishment. The Gemara. Omar of Yosef Toshma. Let's come and hear from the following source a, a, a response, a conclusion to the question of how many members of Sanhedrin are needed for the measuring by Egla Rufa. The source says, Motzon Zokain Mamre Abe Pagi. Motzon means he found them. And Anyone who's a Gemara Markings veteran knows very well that pronouns are something we find highly undesirable. So when we say he found them, he is the rebellious sage, met up with them, the Sanhedrin. Abe Pagi means not in the Lishkasagosis. They were somewhere else in Yerushalayim. Vehimro Aleim. And he rebelled, he argued against them. He that's Himra for our purpose means is, is an is a uh, an, a rebellious ruling. He rebelled against them, refusing to accept uh, their opinion. Yachol Tehe Hamra also Hamra is that rebelliousness considered sufficient to label him a Zokein Mamre and and then be liable to death? Talmud Lomar, the Posuk says in that context, that's, posuk, that's what the Posuk says literally, you will get up and arise to the place. The presence of the rebelliousness, of the re- re- rebellion, of the uh, argument that he has with them must be in the place, their place. The Mokom, the place Gorim, causes him to become a Zokin Mamre. So we have a Gezeris HaKosov, we have a Posuk that will say frees him from becoming liable as a Zokin Mamre. Bear in mind, without the Posuk, I would have thought otherwise. When you see uh, 99% of the time in, in the in the Torah when a posuk is cited it's there because without it I might have thought or I would have thought something else ok 
the Nofukama, how many members of the court were out there at Bei Pagi when they when this uh, elder met them? He the If you say that uh, part of them, not all of them, some of them went out to Bei Pagi, and he met them and he argued with them. Dilma maybe those that are means that are inside, meaning those that didn't go out, those that remain in the base Hamigdash, those members of Sanhedrin that remained in the Lishkas Agozis, their official chamber, hold like this elder. And if that be the case, so you wouldn't have thought that he should become a Zokin Mamri in the first place. He's got support by the other members of the Sanhedrin. Helopshita the Nofuk Kuhu. It must be then that they all left. And he met up with all of them. Oh, and he and he and he he contested their ruling. He argued with them. He argued with all of them. And I without the Pasuk of the Kant of Lisa I would have thought he becomes a Zokin Mamre by virtue of the fact that he's arguing with the entire high court. Pasuk comes and says he is innocent. He's not guilty because it wasn't in the place. Ulamai. Okay, we've established that the Pusik is describing a situation, or let's say it's preempting a situation of him arguing with the high court, him, the Zokin Mamri, arguing with the high court in its entirety out there. What did they go out there for? If they went out for some optional reason, uh, they went out for a picnic. And we're saying they all went out there. Well, Mimotsunavki, could that even be? That the, the it's a, a picnic day for the high court and they, they would all go out there? The Posik says, uh, We're not going to um, um, uh, preoccupy ourselves with the literal translation of this Posik. But what we want to learn from it is as it goes on to say, if a member of the high court for some reason had to leave the Lishkas HaGazis, he has a right provided if one third, the number here is 23 members, 23 is very close to a third of, the, of 71, because 23 times 3 would be 69, and we have a, another two, it would be 71. So the, the, the point here, the posik that we didn't translate mentions hamozeg. Mozeg has to do with wine dilution. Two parts water, one part wine. So the amount of wine that's diluted represents one-third of the entire cup that will be, that will be drunk. We learn from this that one-third, a minimum of one-third of the court must always be in the Lishkas Agozis if anyone should want to leave for some kind of personal or optional reason. And the Imlav, if there aren't 23 remaining behind, Eino Yotze, the, the judge cannot leave his, uh, cannot leave the Beis Hamikdash. So, the uh, the option of them having gone out in their entirety for something optional that just can't be 
Rather, the whole court went out there for a mitzvah purpose, something that was obligatory. And therefore, the, uh, the drosha from the Posuk and Shirashim, Shorach Haganasar, wouldn't apply. Okay, they went out in their entirety for a mitzvah. Lamai, for what mitzvah? Lav lemedidas egla, is it not in fact for the measuring of the distance between the corpse and the nearest city in accordance with Rebbe ben Yankiv? This would show us that Rebbe ben Yankiv, when he says the Sanhedrin are participants in the measuring, he means the entire Sanhedrin. And that would be like possibility bays that we had above when we originally inst- uh, raised the question. We said, that he argues with Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon even regarding the numbers of Sanhedrin where he, Rabbi Lozman requires the entire Sanhedrin. So with that Hezber, we can answer our question. We also understand the source where the Zokin Mamre had in fact met the entire Sanhedrin and disagreed with all of them, but not in the Beis Hamikdash. And without the Pasuk of Akant of Lisa Al-Moka, I would have said, what difference does it make? Where they are, a fact is, he's arguing with the entire Sanhedrin. And that should be enough to account for his guilt. And therefore the Pasuk says, not so. And as we said, how could it be that the entire Sanhedrin is not in the Beis Hamikdash? Because they had to go out for Medidas Egla. Amar Abaye, lo. Abaye disagrees with Rav Yosef's conclusion. Dilma, maybe, the, that which they all went out, they all went out, lahoisif alo ir valazoros. They went out for the ceremony that is, is necessary in order to expand uh, the city of Jerusalem and the, and if necessary the courtyards of the the courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash uh, that has to do with increasing the area that will have uh, a higher level of sanctity than the rest of Israel. For example, Meiser Sheni, the uh, tithe that one separates from his produce on the first, second, fourth, and fifth years of the sabbatical cycle, are those, that produce is to be eaten only within Jerusalem. And when we speak about expanding the city, if you don't expand it according to the official rules and, and, and in accordance with the official ritual, so then you won't accomplish the expansion of sanctity. So the source says, Expansion of the city and courtyards, courtyards of the Beis Hamikdash, cannot take place unless you have the court of seventy-one. So, if if in a, in a situation like that, the entire court was out there expanding the city, uh, it involves marching around the city, but the details of that are explained in other Gemaras that necessitates the presence of the entire Sanhedrin, and if the uh, Zokin Mamre met up with them over there, so he would not become a Zokin Mamre. But as far as Abaye is concerned, the entire court going out for the measuring of the Egla Rufa, that we don't see here. Tanyo Kavoseid Rav Yosef. Here we have a Brisa, a Tanaic source, that, conc- that states, like Rav Yosef concluded, 
from the uh, the uh, Mishnah above. What does the Brisa say? Motzon a base pagi vehimrale and the Zokin Mamri met up with them at the base pagi. He disagreed with them. Kagon sheyatsu lemedidas egla or lahoisif alohirvalzoros. Of course, we dashed underline medidas egla. That's the, this is the the heart of the support for Rav Yosef, where the entire court went out for measuring for egla rufa purposes or for adding to the city. Yochotam rosam ra would his. Uh, disagreement with them lead to his becoming labeled a Zoke Mamre and guilty of a capital punishment? Tamad Lomar, the Kamtovilisa, Malame, Shamokum Gorim. No, he would not become a Zoke Mamre because that would be so only if he disagreed with them in the Mokum, in their place, namely in the Lishkas Hagazes, the chamber designated for the court uh, uh, in the Beis Hamikdash. Now we go back to points mentioned in the Mishnah regarding the body. And on the side we have a topic heading to Nosei, Nimtsatamun Basade. If a body is found buried, means covered in the field. The issue of Tamun Basada affects two of quite unrelated areas of halacha, but they're both going to appear in our Gemara. Number one, the Inyan Halal regarding the murder victim. And number two, Umrim, sheaves of grain, Lagabi Shikha, regarding the halacha called Shikha. Shikha literally means forgotten. There is a tithe that the poor are entitled to, and that tithe, amongst others, is called Shikha, and that's in the event that uh, a, a person, when harvesting his field, uh, and, and gathering the sheaves of grain, he walked by some sheaves while in the act of picking them up, and he walked by uh, a couple of them. And uh, once you walk by, forgetting to uh, pick them up to harm to gather them in, they become shikha. That uh, there, of course, is a quite a, quite a bit more detail to that particular uh, mitzvah of leaving the shikha. But for our purposes, we gave a general introduction. The uh, Gemara uh, quotes from the Mishnah, If the murder victim was found buried under a heap of stones or suspended hanging from a tree, they, 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 orphan, there would be no Eglo Arufa ceremony. Can we conclude that our Mishnah that said we exclude that which the body that's covered over from the Eglo Arufa ritual. In other words, covered over is, is different than finding the body simply lying in the field. So that conclusion would seem to parallel Rabbi Yehuda and not the Rabbonan. Where do Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbonan appear? In the topic of shikha of the forgotten sheaves, the sanya, the shochachta oimer basode. If you forgot a sheave of grain in the field, so the Torah says you must leave it for the poor man. Prat letamun, to the exclusion of an oimer that was, let's say, left in the field, but it it was covered over. It was underneath something. It was tamun. Tomun means hidden. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. 
Rebuta says that when the Pesach uses the word Basadeh, it's to the exclusion of Tamun. We saw that in our Mishnah as well. That since the Torah says Basadeh, I, I should say that the Mishnah itself said uh, the word Ba'adomah below Tamun. It's true, the Mishnah also, the Pasuk also had the word Basadeh, which was used to exclude the floating body. But whatever the case is, if something is Tamun, so it's excluded. We saw in our Mishnah the body being Tamun makes it such that it's excluded from the uh, Egla Rufa ritual. A sheave that's covered over is excluded from the mitzvah of shikha. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. That since the Torah said that comes to include even the hidden sheaves. So the uh, question is, shall we say that our Mishnah that said prat litomun regarding the found body is in accordance with Rabbi Huda only and not the Rabbonon? Our Mishnah <coughs> that excluded the body that was Tomun from Egla Rufa can agree with the Rabbonan by Shikha. These halachas are governed by Psukim, each one in its own context. So here we look at the psukim in their context, and there the psukim are viewed in their context. Hochami nyone dekra dechtiv. The pasuk here by Egla Rufa says ki imotze cholol. When a when a cholol when a, a corpse which has been murdered is found kol hecha demishdakach, wherever it's found, so that would be an inclusive expression, inclusive ruling, wherever it's found. Bo'adoma, prat letomun. So from the, once you said, ki very much inclusive of wherever it's found, comes along, bo'adoma, to limit and exclude tomun. So that's why in our Mishnah, a tomun body is excluded from Egla Rufa. Ve'hosam, ne'inyone dekra, there by Shikha, you have to look at the Pasuk in its context, dekhtiv, Ki siksor k'tzircha v'sodecha v'shochachta oimer. The pasuk says, when you harvest your field and you forget sheaves, shikha dumia dekatsir. There's a juxtaposition of words, shikha and katsir, telling us to say the shikha is to be compared to katsir. Katsir means the harvest. Ma katsir begolu, just like that which is harvested is visible. Af shikha begoloi. So too, in order to be classified as shikha, it has to be something exposed. Kosav rachmona basodeh lerabos is atomun. Before you get to the word basodeh, what conclusion did you reach? It must be exposed, just like kotzir. What, what is gained by adding the word basodeh? Oh, with that, we come to include Tomun. So notice we have like a push-pull situation in terms of uh, posuk power. The posuk with the, with the corpse, the murder victim, started with a 
an inclusionary expression. The follow-up word then will do the opposite, will exclude. In the case of shikha, we started off with an exclusionary situation, limiting you to that which is exposed. Therefore, the follow-up word will then include more. The Gemara asks, according to Rabbi Huda, who said that Bo'adamo is prat litamun, nami teipukle mishikha dumidakotsir, couldn't Rabbi Huda have used this, we'll call this logic, or this method of conclusion, of juxtaposition of words, uh, that with, with the word Vishachacht Omer is compared to Ketzir Chabasode, just like Kotzir is exposed, so too the Shikha must be something visible and not Tomun, which Rabbi Yudha said, Prat Tomun. Why doesn't he learn from there? Uh, why did he say that Vishachacht Omer Basode is the source of excluding Tomun? The Gemara says, In Hochinam, you know, you're right uh, from the juxtaposition of Shikha and Kotzir, I could in fact exclude Tomun. So then what will Rabbi Huda do with Basodeh, which up till now we thought was his basis for excluding Tomun? Answer, The word Basodeh has a separate role. It comes to include Shikhas Koma. Koma is a reference to standing grains. What is Shikhas Koma mean? So Rashi at the top of the uh, which ordinarily be the Tuisvis column, the top line, Rashi says, Lishikhas Komo, Shim Shochach Zovis Achas Liktsor. If he forgot to harvest a corner of the field, Koy Allah below Soshiv Likachto, he is included in the prohibition, or that corner is included now in the prohibition of going back to take, going back to harvest it. Vahochi Mashma, Vishochachta Oimer, Shikha can be either on, on har- regarding harvested sheaves that when you came to collect them you walked by some that's Shikha's Omer or Shikha Soda as we described you were harvesting the field and you left one corner unharvested through having forgotten to harvest it. So that's what Basode does for Rabbi Huda. For Rabbonon Shikhas Koma Menolahu, the Rabbonon are now asked, where do they learn Shikhas Koma from? Answer, Nafkalahu, the Rabbonon will learn it, Michit Miki, Siksor, Kitsircha, Besadecha, Veshochachta. Rashi explains how the Rabbonon derive that, Nafkalahu on the third line from the top, Mi Besadecha, Veshochachta, Kri Bey, you can read that posuk as Sheshochach es Ktsas Sodehu. He forgot some of his ground. What does it mean to forget your ground? It means to forget harvesting part of your ground. The Gemara continues. The Rabbi Yehuda, Miboyalei, Lech Rebevo, Amro Belozer. Rabbi Yehuda needs that pasuk of ki siksor k'tzircha b'sodecha v'shochachta for Rabbi Avo's teaching. The Yomar Rabbi Avo, Amar Rabbi Lozer, Prat, l'shetzofu omrim l'soich z'dei chavero. The pasuk tells me that there is no shikha 
in a case that sheaves ended up in your neighbor's field. The, the wind blew some of your sheaves into the neighbor's field. Uh, they are not going to be categorized as shikha. The Rabbonon, where did the Rabbonon learn that from? Uh, the, you know, where did the Rabbonon derive uh, they learn it from the change of words instead of saying it says we take a look at the maybe just another few words in the Gemara Rabbi Yudah doesn't see any novel or any chidush any novelty in this uh, choice of words instead of sadeh. so we have both Rabbi Yudah and Rabbonin agreeing that uh, is not going to be shikha but the question is where does each one learn it from the Rashi will start with on the uh, third fourth line from the top the wind blew and it, uh, it raised them and through the wind they flew into the neighbor's field and the owner forgot his sheaves are right now uh, in the neighbor's fields he thinks they're not his own so he doesn't think about them that uh, idea nafka that halocha is learn mi besodecha. And we, uh, the word besodecha is in the possessive form, in your field. The lo besteich chavercha. The lo havushicha. When your, when your uh, sheaves are in your friend's field, it doesn't become shikha. That is how Rabbi Huda learns this din of Rabbi Avo. Virabonan. Miuta destei chavero, the exclusion of sheaves, your sheaves and friends' fields, nafka lehu, the rabbonon learn it from midahave le lemichtav ki siksar ketsircha basodeh v'shochachta uksiv besodecha. It's a very very fine difference. The rabbonon learn it from the change of expression, from opting to say besodecha instead of the word basodeh. Not necessarily, though, from the fact that Bisodecha is in the possessive form. That approach was Rabbi Huda's approach. The Rabbonon, it's from the change of word approach. And to that, Rabbi Huda says, I don't see any, anything there. I don't see that as being my, as serving as a source to exclude Sofu the Sofste Chavero. We continue in the Gemara. You'll notice we have employed a diamond marking here and a few lines later. On the side under the Mivneh heading, we indicate there are two questions that are raised in the Gemara. One regarding Shikha, the topic we've been discussing most recently, and the other going back to the topic of uh, fa- uh, bodies found, two bodies found. The common denominator in these two questions, Tzof. Echod agabi chavero. This concept of tzof, tzof literally means floating. We saw a literal use of tzofu in the Gemara and the and, and, and Rashi 
the wind blew them, so it's as if they floated over to the neighbor's field. The uh, concept of tzof can also mean something that's not lying directly on the ground, but is on top of something else. Now the Gemara. Boy Rebirmiya. Tzofu oimrim l'soich sodehu mahu. Sheaves of grain, and here you can see that we don't want to, we're not going to use the word safu in terms of the wind blowing something, but rather sheaves of his own field are lying on top of something else, something else like a stone. We'll introduce later the issue of sheaves lying on top of other sheaves. What is the din regarding that, we'll say that upper sheave, the sheave that's lying on a boulder in your own field, that you happen to walk by, does it become shikha? When you say walk by, it means you were gathering your, your harvest, and you walked by the, the, the sheave, or, or two sheaves that were sitting atop a rock. Is that considered shikha? The analysis. Avir sode kisode domi, oi lav kisode domi. Do we say that the airspace of the field is considered like in the field? Or maybe not. You'll notice that we have a bracketed section. The reason for this is a, it was a, a technical uh, use of the brackets. We have a, a, a starred note on the side. Within the brackets, there's an attempt to answer this question. The attempt is rejected. After the brackets, another attempt will be brought, will be, uh, brought in um, to, uh, 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 in an attempt to answer this question. So, uh, with the structure in mind that within the bracketed section there's an attempt but then an immediate rejection uh, let's go now straight through the Gemara Bori uh, Rabbi we already actually we read the question already concerning the fact is in the airspace considered sufficient and it would become shikha o lav domi, or it's not considered in the field, and the, uh, the sheaves don't become shikha unless they're they're they're, they're forgotten, <coughs> they, they're passed by by the owner uh, when in the field. Homale rav kahana the rav poppy, the amri Another version of names is rav kahana addressed rav zvid. So, I, but in both versions, rav zvid rav kahana is the speaker. First version of names, he's addressing Rav Popi. Second version, he is addressing Rav Zvid. So Rav Kana says, Tifshot lay midi Why not answer the question from his teaching? We had him just a couple lines above. Diomar, what did Rabbi Avoam Rabbi Lozer say? Prat l'shitzofu oimrim l'soich stay chavero. When is there an, an exemption from something becoming shikha? That's when it's it's tzof betoch ste chavero, the chavero in when it's uh, tzof beste chavero, then there is an exemption letoch sodeulo. But within your own field, something that's tzof, like sheaves lying on boulders in your own field, that would not be exempted. And if you uh, walked by it when you were gathering your sheaves, and you just you walked by some uh, a sheave or two that was lying on a rock. 
Too bad. You can't go back and take it. You have to leave it for the poor. So Rav Kahana attempted to answer the question that Tzach, but Tzach, but the Tzach Sadehu in his own field uh, is not exempt. It, it can become Shikha. The Gemara says, is that a reasonable conclusion? According to your method of, of reasoning, of drawing inferences, so then, are you going to say the following? If you're going to quote uh, Rabbi Avom or Belozer on a rather literal basis and use that as your point of inference, you know what you're going to come out saying? There, when is there an exemption? When it's tzof besof stechavero. And what does tzof besof stechavero mean? It means it's lying on a boulder in your friend's field. Let's say it would be lying directly on the ground in your friend's field. Are you going to say that it would not be exempt then? That it would become shikha and you would not be entitled to take it? How can you say that if it's lying directly on the floor of your friend's field, it would become shikha, but the Pasuk says it has to be in your field in order for it to become shikha. When you're dealing with uh, sheaves of grain in the neighbor's field, even if they are actually lying on the floor. The use of when Rabbi Avoam, Rabbi Lozer used the word safu, it's simply you can't find, you can't have a case of your sheaves in your neighbor's field without it having been blown over there by the wind it it, it floated over there so the word safu as it appeared in Rabbi Avomer Belozer's halacha wasn't a reference to uh, sheaves of grain lying atop other things and being that that's the case, we can't use Rabbi Avomer Abelazar as a point of inference to answer the question of tzof within your own field. And when we speak about tzof within your own field, we're not talking about the wind blowing that we're talking about. It's simply grains lying atop other things. Toshma. So we, we're back to trying to resolve Rabbi Yirmiyo's question. A sheave of grain that the owner picked up with the intention of bringing it to, in, into town. And he took this oimer and placed it upon another uh, other grain, other uh, sheaves of grain. And he forgot it. According to this opinion, the first opinion, the lower one, the the one that's hidden, that becomes shikha. However, the upper one does not. Both of them do not become categorized as shikha. The bottom one because it's covered over. And the upper one doesn't become shikha because it's tzof. Then tzof we've already mentioned what that means. Ad kan lo pligi ela batachton. 
The disagreement that you see in this Tanaic source concerns only the bottom one. According to the Tanakama, the bottom one, the hidden one, becomes Shikha, and according to the second opinion, it does not. Avobeelyoin, regarding the upper the upper ones, the upper the sheave that you that was placed upon the others, different hakol, loha shikha, everyone agrees it does not become shikha. So if you were to stop here, what would your conclusion be? That tsof, Rabirmio's question was regarding tsof in your own field, it does not become shikha. As we go on in the Gemara, we're going to have a, in the next few lines, a rather vigorous give and take discussion. So we're going to be using a, uh, a triangle, we, uh, which we started using, in order to answer the question. With the point facing up, that represents a response, an answer, and the inverted triangle represents a rejection. The Gemara here now rejects what we just tried to conclude. Shiny Hossam. That case is different. The case of that upper, the upper sheaves that were, that you have, that we declared as being non-shicha came from the achsik bay zocha bay. Since the owner picked it up, it became his and no longer an entitlement to the poor. The Gemara asks, well then, you know, what the, the, the positioning of this triangle with the point facing up is an attempt to reject the rejection. Well, Ihachi, if the whole reason is because of Zoha, my Irya al Gabi Chavera, why does the source speak about it being placed on other grains? Afilu basodenami. Even if he lay it directly on the floor of the field, if the whole point of its non shikha is because of possession, why was it important in the source to speak about it being placed on other sheaves? He says, "In hochinami, you're really right about that. That it it didn't have to speak about being placed on other sheaves, even directly on the floor. It would not have become shikha because of." Because of Zohaba, Hirsikbov Zohaba. Vahaitikotoni al Gabi Chavero, the source featured that example of the upper being upon other sheaves, making them the lower ones. Mishum Tachton, because we wanted to focus on the bottom sheaves for the uh, machlokis that was featured in the source. In other words, we have to create a situation of a tachton. How do you do that? By taking, by the ones that he picked up, not being placed directly on the floor, but being placed upon other grains. The Gemara says, if, is, that, is that argument really so? The reason that the upper one is not shikha, it's said in the source, because it's tzaf, not because he was zoichene. So this Noticing the direction of the triangle, this would then reinstate the answer to Rabirmio's question that Sof really is an exemption. The Gemara rejects this. Ema Mipneshu Kitsof. The uh, expression of the Elyon being exempt 
is because it's Kitsaf. What does that mean? We take a look in the Rashi, Neshu Kitsaf. We're looking at Rashi. Uh, about a third of the way from the end of the Rashi commentary, that they shu ketzaf, shu potter, he is it's exempt from shikha, al shehichsik bo, because he took possession of it. Where, where does tzaf come into the picture? Ki ilu hoya odenu tzaf me'al hakaka umunach biyado. It's as if it's even though you've already placed it down, but it's as if. It's floating over the field, being held in your hands. So the exemption, as you can see through learning the Rashi, is not because it's placed upon something else, but rather because you took possession of it. So as far as uh, Rav Yumiya's question is concerned, it certainly does not receive <clears throat> a direct answer in this give and take. Omar Abaye, Hareini Keben Azai Beshuke Teveria. This is an expression. Abaye was an Amora, he lived hundreds of years after Ben Azai, who was a, a contemporary of Rabbi Akiva. Ben Azai, in his generation, was a very sharp uh, scholar. He had practically no competitors uh, in terms of his level of sharpness, of intelligence, and when he went out to the markets of Tevera, he was open, he was willing to answer any question. So Abaye felt very good on, on a given day, and he said, I feel like Benazai, when he was walking the markets of Tevera, willing to answer any question. So, a question comes. Here's some anonymous individual who comes and asks Abaye the following Case Shnei Chalolim Ze Al Gabi Ze two corpses, murder victims, one lying on top of the other. Mehechon Hu Modein. From where does the measurement to the closest city take place? You have to have a starting point, so you have to start from a certain part, a certain part of this arrangement, these these two corpses, where do you start from? There are Three possibilities. Usually in Gemaras you find Aleph, Oi, Dilma, Beis. Like A, O, Dilma, or maybe B. Here we're going to say Aleph, O, Dilma, Beis, O, Dilma, Gimel. It's an unusual structure, but you know it ahead of time. So where the uh, this Havum Rabbanan asks Abaye concerning these two corpses, where do you start the measurement from? Min, Bemino, Have, Tamun, Umin, do you say two like entities? Here you have two human bodies. That's called min bemino. They're, they're the same substance, so to speak. So min bemino. Do you say that in a case where you have two items of the same nature, one covering the other, that creates tamun? And we know that if a body is tamun, we saw. Okay, we saw machlokes tanoim about that. Uh, according to our Mishnah, I, I should say no. I'm, let me retract. We saw Machlokistan concerning Tomun by the Shikha. But as far as our Mishnah is concerned, and as far as the Gemara is concerned, everyone holds that Tomun is exempt from Eglo Arufa. So do we say that in a Minbamino, two bodies, one on top of the other, the bottom one is considered Tomun? That would mean it's exempt. It's not part of uh, the mitzvah of Eglo Arufa. And Min bemino lo havitzaf, but the upper one, 
is, uh, even though it's not directly on the floor, but since it's one, one in the same substance, it's human, two human bodies, the upper one is not considered soft, meaning above the surface. It's one continuum down to the floor. Ume elion modate. And as such, if you say that the upper one is not soft, so I would be entitled to, uh, to measure from the upper one. Let's 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 continue with the other possibilities. Oidilma min bemino have tsof, umin bemino lo have tomun. Or do you say that two like substances, the upper one is considered tsof? So that would already put it out of your mind from eglo rufa. However, min bemino doesn't create tomun. Umitachton modet. And if you say that, if you accept this approach, then the bottom one is not considered covered over because it's min bamino, it's covered by its own substance, its own like substance, it's considered one continuum. Oidilma, or the third possibility, min bamino have a tomun, that the lower one, the lower body is considered tomun, it's excluded, and min bamino have itself, and the upper one is considered self, it's not on the floor, it's not directly on the floor. And if you say that, velomi tachtan modet, velomi elyon modet. You're not going to measure from either body. In other words, there's not going to be a case of eglo arufa in a case, in, if you accept possibility gimel. Omar so Abaye answers. And we continue at the top of Omid Bey's. Tenisua, why not conclude it from the following? Notice we have a long answer marking. Just by way of structure, at the end of this long answer, the Gemara will have a dechia, a rejection. And that will lead to analysis number two of this source. But in the meantime, Abaye thinks that from this source that we're about to read, we can come to a conclusion. So he says, Tenisua, state the following Teneg source and derive your conclusion. What does it say? We saw this just before. The sheave of grain that was that the owner picked up to bring to town, and he put it. In the meantime, before he got to town, he put it on top of another uh, other sheaves, and he forgot the he forgot it. He forgot that upper one. He forgot it altogether. That and the lower. According to the first opinion, the tachton becomes shikha. The uh, upper one does not. Both of them. Upper and lower are not shikha. Atachton mipnei shehu tamun, ve'elyon mipnei shehu tzaf. Savruha, uh, an assumption is going to be made. Dahani tanoi, these tanoim that are arguing regarding the lower one. That these tanoim, Tanakama and Ribshim and Yehuda, Kerebi Yehuda Svira Lahu. We're working with this as a given that they both agree with Rebuda regarding Shikha, the Omar, Basadeh, Prat, the Tomun. That they accept Rebuda's approach. That when something is Tomun, when a sheave of grain is Tomun, it will not become Shikha. That's an assumption we're making that both Tanoim agree with that. That Tomun is excluded. Because it's not Basadeh, it's covered over. My love... So Abaye says, you know what then must be the point of disagreement in this top source? The more sovar min bemino have a tamun. Rabbi Shimon, 
the that is the second opinion holds that min bemino creates tamun, and therefore, note it's not shikha. Umor savar the Tanakama holds, the Tanakama who held that the tachton becomes shikha. Lo have tamun. The fact that it's covered over uh, by its own kind, the min bemino, makes it such that it's not tamun. Oh, so what is Abaye saying? He's saying that as far as the, in the case of the two bodies, one on top of the other, uh, is, are we gonna, is there a possibility of measuring from the bottom body? So he says that would be a machlokas tanoim. According to Rabbi Shimon, he wouldn't be able to measure from the bottom body because it's tomun. According to the Tanakamo, it's not considered tomun. It becomes shikha. It's not considered tomun. He would be able to measure from the bottom body. Moses says, "Lo, that analysis to set up the the issue concerning the tomun in a min bamino situation as a machlokas tanoim. That's not the analysis." E kiribihuda svira lahu. If the Tanoim and the top source would agree with Rabbi Huda that Basodeh is to the exclusion of Tamun, the Kule Alma, then everyone would have agreed, Min Bemino have a Tamun. Once again, if you were to make the assumption, then there would be no Machlokas Tanoim. Because you're dealing with Min Bemino two like substances, the bottom one would be would have become Tamun. <coughs> the Hocha, the Brisa at the top, the Plukta of Rabona The Tanoim we see above actually parallel the Machlokis Rabira and the Rabonan. They argue regarding the Tachton whether it's Shikha or not. The Rabonan Kirabonan, the Rabbonon who held that the Tachton is Shikha, they hold like the Rabbonon who argue with Rebuda that Basodeh comes to include Tamun. For Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, who said that the bottom one is not Shikha, Rabbi Yehuda, he holds like Rebuda that says Basodeh excludes Tamun. The Gemara asks, if the machlokis in the source above is simply a, a machlokis whether tomun is included in shikha or excluded, my gabi why did the source feature that scenario of placing sheaves of grain upon other grains? If you want to describe and, and say the whole machlokus is concerning the lower grains, the covered ones. Why do they co- why do they have to be covered by other grains, upper grains? Let them be covered by dirt or by pebbles. In hachi nami, you're right. It wasn't absolutely necessary to, to to teach. If being that we are focusing on creating a case of tamun and then have a machlokus tanoim on the issue of tamun, it could have been covered the. The, the lower ones could have been covered by other materials as well. And there would have been a machlokis there too. So then what was the significance of teaching uh, that the lower ones are covered by other sheaves of grain? To show us how far Rebbe Huda goes 
Even though they're, they're like substances, it still creates Tomun. And according to Rebbe Yehuda, Tomun is excluded, even though it's being covered by, its, by a like substance. Before we continue in the Gemara, we glance at the side where we have a, no say, a uh, topic heading. Ofan Shenirzach. We're going to touch on uh, how did the murder take place. Umikum Hagufa Kishimotsu. And the location of the body when it was found. Tonu Rabbonon. Cholol. The Posuk says, Ki Motsi Cholol Ba'adoma. Cholol Velo Chonu. Cholol indicates... Uh, being, uh, say, uh, cut or uh, decapitated by a sword and not strangled. In other words, we're talking about someone murdered by the sword. Not strangulation. He has to be completely dead and not someone that's still uh, uh, twitching around. What does that tell me? Not covered by stones. The body, that is. No fail. Pusuk uses the term no fail, and we have you can see the Pusuk on the side that we are darshaning. Uh, what does no fail tell me? Velo talui ilon, and not a body that you find suspended from a tree, a dead, a, a murder victim from suspended from a tree that will not create egla rufa. Basodeh velo tsof alpanei hamayim. Basodeh tells me that it has to be in the field and not a body you find floating on water. Rebelozer Omer Bekulon Imhoya Cholol Orphan. In all of these cases, if the victim was murdered through a, through a sword, even if it's Toman Bagal, even if it's Toli Ba'ilon, it's Tzafamayim, Orphan. We, that, what does Orphan mean? We would have the Egla Arufa ceremony. Tanya, Omer Abiyosi Bar Yehuda, Omrulo the Rebelozer. Rebelozer, as we just I'm sure everyone got the sense he's very inclusionary of many scenarios will lead to Egla Rufa. So Rabbi Yossi says that the Rabbonon said to Rabbi Lozer, Wouldn't you agree that if you find a murder victim through strangulation and the body is cast on a, on a, on a, on a garbage heap, that there would be no Eglo Arufa. Wouldn't you agree with that? Alma, Cholol, Velo, Chanuk. So, by agreeing with that, you're acknowledging that the word Cholol is, is meaningful, meaning Cholol is someone killed through a sword and not strangulated. Well, Hachanami, by the same token, you should pay, let's say, serious attention, give weight to the other words, Bo'adama, Velo, Tom, Bagal. Uh, in the field or in the, in the dirt on the ground and not covered with stones. No fail. You should exclude all of those cases as well, even if they were killed by the sword. For Rebelozar, why is it that Rebelozar says that once the murder victim is killed by the sword, and all the other factors fall away. They don't. They're of no concern, and it will it will be grounds for egla rufa, because cholol yaseroksiv. Because the word cholol appears several times. It's it's a it's a repeated word in that parsha, and the fact that it's emphasized tells me 
that once it's a, a murder victim through the sword, then we have Egla Rufa, regardless of uh, the other circumstances. However, Cholol also tells, tells us that it, if it's not uh, a, a murder victim through the sword, but it's strangled, then there would be no Egla Arufa. If the body was found near the border, the national border, or near a city whose majority are idol worshippers, then there would be no Eglo Arufa. The Pesach said, If you chance upon, and the word Yimotzei is here prat to the exclusion of Lemotsui, to a situation that you would expect. Mimotsei indicates something unusual, chancing upon the unusual. Motsui is a reference to something that's common. Murders take place, relatively speaking, often on the border. Murders are likely to take place when you're in the vicinity of a city of idol worshippers. So, therefore, in those cases, there will be no, where the body is found uh, there, there will be no Eglon Arufa. If a body is found near the city, a city that doesn't have a court in it, so that city, even though it's closest, it, there won't be any Eglon Arufa. You need to have a fulfillment of elders of the city. And Veleko uh, means, and it's lacking. The Mishnah had said, Nimsa. Uh, uh, we said Nimsa Somoch Lesfar, etc. And also, Le'ir She'ein Bo Beisdin, Lo Hoyu Moididin. So the Mishnah said that if you found the body near a city that doesn't have a court in it, so there would be no measuring. And then it went on to say, Ein Moididin Elo Le'ir She'esh Bo Beisdin. Well, that doesn't, doesn't that seem to be redundant? Pshita. The closing comment seems to be obvious. Since you taught Le'ir She'ein Ba based in that uh, you wouldn't count, you wouldn't measure to a city where there is no court, there are no sages, no elders there. I would then know the Ein Moididim Ela Le'ir She'yesh Ba based in. Why then does the Mishnah have to add that? that we don't do Medida unless it's to a city that has a court in it. The Gemara answers why the seeming redundancy. Ha komash malon. Kedesanya. Whereas I need the, the, we'll say, the doubling of this halacha for the following. Minayin shenimtza somuch liyir sheinbo beizdin. From where do you know that if you found a body nearest, the nearest city to the body was a city that had no court in it. That you would continue measuring till you get to a city that has a court in it. Talmud Lomar, the Pesach says, V'lokhu zikne ho'ir ha'hi mikomokom. Rashi says, the word ho'ir is extra. Could have used a pronoun. It's 
elders, but it added the word the city. So far, I think that we still need some clarification. What have we said over here? The clarification will uh, will be appreciated by learning the Rashi. In other words, by learning Rashi, we'll, we'll achieve clarity. Rashi, uh, just above the Rashi we just read, If the body was found closest to a city that had no court in it, you don't you don't figure that in the measuring. You you, you continue measuring till you get to a city that has a court in it. Whichever city that has a court in it that's closest to it, that will be the city for the Eglarufavi. If I didn't have the doubling expression in the Mishnah. I would have thought the following. I would have thought if they started measuring and the closest city they got to was a city that had no court in it. Says, oh, that would be a sign, so to speak, that we stop the whole measuring and there's not going to be any Eglo Arufa. So the double expression in the Mishnah, that we, what we've turned before as redundancy, tells me, no, if you're measuring and the closest city happens to be one without a court, keep measuring till you get to a city that has a court in it. And then establish and then conclude, is this city that you just reached with a court in it the closest city to the corpse? Or maybe in, in the other direction, there's a, a, a closer city that happens to have a court in it. But the main point is, is that without the doubling, I would have thought that if in your measuring the first city you come to that's closest to the corpse has no court in it, the whole process stops. We come to tell you, not so. The Mishnah. Before we read the Mishnah, we have on the side a topic heading, Nimtza Chalal Mechuvon Bein Shteyaros. Imagine finding a murder victim exactly between two cities. And another situation, Hagufa Harosh Bishnei Makomos. case where the body has been separated from the head and they're in two separate locations. And uh, a third point is, from where on the body did they start the counting in order to determine which city was closer? Was it maybe from the, from the mouth, from the uh, navel, from the heart? Let's see. Let's can, turn to the Mishnah. Nimsen mechuvan bein ayoros. If a body, a murder victim, is found between two cities, um, exactly between two cities, shtehen mevios shte agolos. Rabbi Eliezer. According to Rabbi Eliezer, both cities bring each one a calf of its own. The ein yushlaim mevio eglarufa. If uh, Jerusalem happens to be the the closest city, it won't be included as a possibility of bringing the Eglo Arufa. Nimsa Roisha b'mokom echa v'gufa b'mokom acher, molichen ha-roish eitzel ha-guf, divrei Rabbi Lezer. If you find the two separated, so Rabbi Lezer says, you bring the head to where the body is. Rabbi Kiva Omer ha-guf, eitzel ha-roish, you bring the body to where the head is. Me'ayin ho-yu moidadin, Rabbi Lezer Omer Mitiburo. There are three opinions. The first is Rabbi Lezer says that the measuring would be from the uh, Tiburo, the navel. Rabbi Yakiva Omer Mechotmo, from his nostrils, where, from where he breathes. Rabbi Lezer Yakiva Omer Mimokom Mitzavaro, from the part of the body that a person would become a Cholol 
and that is from the neck. How, why is there, when we speak about Cholol being a murder victim, why is that associated with, with, uh, with the neck? That itself will be explained in the Gemara. The Gemara. My time of the Rebelezer. What is the basis for Blizzard that if you find a body between, exactly between two cities, they both bring uh, calves? Kosovar, Efshir, Litzamtseim. Blizzard is of the opinion that when it comes to measuring, it's possible to be exact. And the posuk that says, Ho'ir HaKrova, is not to be taken literally in the, in the singular. Ho'krova, Ve'afilu Krovos. When they, it says in the city nearest, it can mean the city's nearest as well. Maybe oh, just a word before we go on with regard to Rebbe Lazar who said to uh, that Efshalit Samsem, if it were E Efshalit Samsem, and yet it means it, you can't be exact, let's just say that. And yet, our measuring indicates that one that they're both the same distance. The halacha would have been they bring one calf and they make a stipulation. If we're the closer one, so then is this is brought on our behalf. And if it's if you're the closer one, so then that which we're bringing is brought on your behalf. But Rebbelezer doesn't say that. He doesn't say. He says Efshelit Samsem. When you measure, you can reach precision, exactitude, and as a result of that, plus understanding that the word krovo in the Chumash uh, is not to the exclusion of krovos, he concludes, bring two calves. The Ein Yushlam Mevi'a Egla Rufa, the Kra, the Posuk had said, Le Rishta. The Kosovar Yushalayim Lonis Haklishvatim. The word Le Rishta means as an inheritance. So the, the Posik had said uh, in Dvorim Perak Chafalov Posik Aleph, it said, If you find a murder victim on the, the ground that the Almighty gave to you as an inheritance, so then the Egla Rufa procedure continues. Inheritance means something that uh, was owned by father, then inherited by son. When he dies, inherited by the next generation. It's a personal type ownership. The word Larishta indicates found in a place that's subject to personal ownership. However, Yerushalayim, the Kosovo Yerushalayim, lo nishalkelishvatim. Jerusalem was not part of the division of the land of Israel when the when the when that land when the when the land mass of Jerusalem of of, of Israel was distributed amongst the Shvatim. Yerushalayim was a separate entity. In, a, in, a, in effect, uh, uh, owned by no one, or if you may, may prefer, owned by everyone. But we can certainly say no single, uh, no one could claim any ownership to any part of Yerushalayim. Nimsa Roshoi b'Mokam b'Chulei. The Mishnah described head found in one location, body found in another. But my kol the machlokes that we saw in the Mishnah between. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva, what's what's the issue that they're arguing about? If it's a machlokas concerning from where do you do the measuring, well, from the fact that the 
last part of the Mishnah deals with the question of from where is the measuring to take place. The earlier part of the Mishnah dealt with the two, with the body in one place and the head in the other place was, uh, was unrelated to the issue of measurement. Omar Yitzchak explains the issue of the head and body separated relates to something else altogether. The Mace Mitzvah Kona Mace Mitzvah is a, is a body that one finds, finds unburied and unaccounted for, meaning no one, when I say unaccounted for, meaning no, we don't know, there's no one around who, who will bury it. There's no relatives around uh, that take charge of the burial. You're walking by, you find the body, no one else is around to bury it. You have to bury it. That's called Mace Mitzvah. And a, a unique aspect of Mace Mitzvah is that he is buried where he is found. He is konamakomu. He acquires the, the ground, so to speak, upon which he is located. This is one of the takonas that were made, uh, that are featured in uh, Maseches Bavakama. It's one of the uh, takonas, the tenoyim that Yoshua made when the, the ten takonas, ten tenoyim that Yoshua instituted when the Jews entered the land of Israel. So now that we've given a bit of background to this idea of Mace Mitzvah Konamakoma Vahochi Komar, the mission is to be understood as follows. Lekovro Konamakomo. A body that's found as far as where it's to be buried, buried where it's found. In a case where the head is in one location and the body is in another location. You bring the head to where the body is. Rabbi Kivomer, Haguf, Eitzel Harosh, the other way around. The body is brought to where the head is. What's the underlying point of disagreement? What's the explanation of their disagreement? More sovar, Gufe, Beduchte, Nofil. The opinion of Rabbi Lazar is such that the body fell where you found it. That's where it the, the person died. Resha de nodi venafal. The head, nodi is a, a um, it, it means movement. In other words, the head rolled away. So if you have a person that was decapitated, the body drops where it is, and that's where you found it. The head rolled away, bring the head to the body. Umor savar, Rabbi Kiva, he says, Resha hecha de nafal the head where it fell, it fell. That's where the burial is to take place. Gufa, who deroid vazil. The body, and you know, you can see this in, in the case of a slaughtering, the body continues to move. So the person was decapitated, but there was still nerve movement, and the body, right, means it ran. It ran away. It ran further away, a few paces away. So, but that's not where the death took place. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva holds. You bring the body to where the head is. From what part of the body do you start the measure when measuring to the closest city? In the Mishnah we saw three opinions. What's the, what's the underlying point of Machlokas? The main uh, aspect or main source of life is, Ape means his face, uh, Rabbi Kiva made reference to 
uh, measuring from the nostrils. That's where a person breathes. The breath of life comes through one's nostrils. That's ape, his face. Mosovar, Rabbi Elazar holds, Ikur Chiyusa Betibure. The, the, main, the main source of life is from that area of the body that uh, we call the navel. Based on Rashi, I think you can say that the word halal is associated with the absence of life. Life has been removed. So where was, where was the main, what was the mainstay of the life when the person was alive? And when that is removed, so that's when he becomes called a halal. So Rabbi Kiva saying that the mainstay of life is through one's breath. So measurement takes place starting from where? From the nose. And according to Rabbi Lazar, the mainstay of life is from the person's midsection. So that's where the measuring takes place because it's from that point that he becomes a cholol. Lemo ki hani tanoi. Can we say that the machlokis Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Lazar parallels the following machlokis tanoim? Mehechon havlad no tsar. From where is an embryo formed? What's the first part in embryonic development? What's the first part to become formed? So, Meirosho, the first opinion says, from its head, the Chenu Omer, the Posik says, Mimei, Mimei, The word Nizreich has to do with, like the nausea and hair growth, it's a reference to the head. The word Gozi appears with Nizreich, and the word Gozi also appears with the birth of a child. So from, or from even before that, from within the mother's womb, you see the word Gozi. So Gozi has to do with head, child formed from head. Abushol, Omer, another opinion, Mitiburo, the child's formation is from the area of the navel. Umishalech, Shoroshoi, Eilech, Velech. And as the embryo develops, it, it casts its, 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 uh, its, its roots are cast in all directions. So we have here a machlokes tanoim concerning mehechon avlad notzar. The Tanakama says head. That would seem to parallel the idea of Rabbi Kiva where the ikur of life is from the face, from the head. And Rabbi Shol, where the child develops from the tibur. So the ikur of life is from the tibur. Tumor says no. Afilu temo aboshol. Which means we can actually say that Abashol will agree with Rabbi Akiva. Ad kan lokom Abashol Up till now, Rabbi Abashol states his opinion only with regard to fetal formation. When the Vlad is formed, its development is from its midpoint, its middle part of its body, and it, it branches out from there. But as far as where the essence of life is, where the, the main stay, the main factor in life preservation, the Kulei Alma, that means, Rabbi, that means not just Rabbi Akiva, but Abashol as well, the Kulei Alma be'ape hu. It's from the, from the breath, from the face. Here you see Chaim, Ruach Chaim, the life breath is Bapov in one's face. Rabbi Lezer ben Yankov Omer, Mimokom Shinase Cholol Mitzavoro. Rabbi Lezer ben Yankov says that the parsha of Egla Arufa, the measurement, that is, for Egla Arufa, is from the neck. My time of the Rabbi Lezer ben Yankov, the Kiddich Tiv, the Possek says, 
Now, without translating the Pesach, literally what you do see here is the word Chalal is juxtaposed with Tzavar. So that the Tzavar is the point from which the measuring shall take place. Because at Tzavor, you create Halal, and Halal is the subject of Eglo Arufo. Ki motzei Halal basadeh. The Mishnah. This Mishnah, uh, we introduce on the side, refers to Tafkidam Shel, the, the role of. Now, we're, we're, the Mishnah is not going to speak about Zikne Yerushalayim. They were de- dealt with till now. They, de- they dealt with the with the measuring. The, the Mishnah will make an allusion to them, but also, furthermore, Zikne Oisayir, the elders of that city which is found closest to the victim, and HaKohanim, the role of the Kohanim, the Mishnah. Nifteru Zikne Yerushalayim Ochlehem. Once the, the Zikne Yerushalayim, the members of the high court who were involved with measuring Nifteru means they, they finished and walked away. They went home. Zikne Oisuir, at that point then, the elders of the closest city, Mavin Eglaz Bokar, Asher Lo They bring a calf that did not draw a yoke. In other words, a yoke is a type of a harness that's placed on an animal that's, uh, through that it's attached to a plow. It never had, this calf never had a yoke upon it while it walked with it. In other words, the ego, the, the calf will be disqualified if it drew, if it walked with a yoke on it. In contrast to other cases, for example, a, uh, a red heifer, the poraduma, which is disqualified by a blemish, the agel is not disqualified by a blemish. Sacrifices are disqualified by blemish, but this is not a sacrifice, even though it has an atonement element to it. it has nothing to do with animal with with something brought to the base hamikdash. Umoridin lenachal and the calf is then brought down to a nachal um, a harsh valley. Eson kemashmo kosher. The word eson means something that's tough, maybe, we'll say it in the, in the context here, it's hard ground. However, as far as the halach is concerned, that's not a binding factor, so that if you took the Egla Rufa to a location that the ground was not, a son wasn't hard, it's still okay. And it's decapitated by using a kupitz. Kupitz is a Rashi says, "Kemin sakin golo," type of, of large knife. Uh, it's a, maybe a chopping knife, and it's it's uh, decapitated from behind its head, meaning from the uh, from the back of its neck. Umakoma osur milizro milavoid, where it was decapitated, it's then forbidden to plant or to cultivate to till the land. However, that plot of ground could be the site on which you would, let's say, comb flex in the uh, linen making process or where you would uh, chisel stones. These are uh, activities, but they're not earth related activities. It just happens to be a location where you might be doing those things. Zikne oisoir rochatsin es yedem b'mayim b'mokom arifa shel egla 
the elders of that city wash their hands in water where the decapitation of the calf took place and they say the translation of the Pesach is uh, our hands did not spill this blood on us we, the elders, we did not do the murder and our eyes uh, did not see now, this is a little odd. Would it have occurred to us that the these elders are are murderers? That that they have to come and announce that they didn't do the murder? Ella, what really is the intention is not actual murder, but it's behavior that could lead to a murder. The elders have to say, they have to, let's say, confess, or they have to say, they have to uh, announce that this guy, this murder victim, didn't come to us, uh, and, 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 and we let him go. Uh, it's explained later, let him go means let him go on his trip without any food. Because if a person, if that would happen, that someone would come in, into your midst, he's a traveler. And you let him go without giving him, uh, let's say, food for the way. He's going to go out of your town hungry. What's the next thing that's going to happen? He'll see some people, travel, some other travelers who have food. He might go and attempt to rob them. And they, in self-defense, will kill this guy. So the elders are saying... No, we didn't. Uh, this guy didn't come to us and and us let and and, and our and letting him go without food. And they also say we didn't see him and 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 us leave him leave him be uh, without. And we'll, we'll explain later what that means. It means leave him be without anyone to accompany him to let him go alone on the road, leaving him to be. Uh, sitting duck for all kinds of prowlers. We continue at the top of Daf Mem Vov. It's a, a plea to the Almighty that you should uh, uh, forgive your nation of Israel that you redeemed and don't allow uh, um, innocent blood uh, to to uh, go. Um, say unavenged uh, in amongst Israel. Lo hoyu tsrifin lomar. They didn't say what you see in the continuation of the pasuk. It says v'nikaper lohem hadam. That's not something that the kohanim had to say. So what is that phrase? Where is that phrase coming from? Ela ruach hakodesh mevasrosan. A, a divine spirit informs them, when you do this ceremony of Eglo Arufa, Hadam is Kapilahem. The blood, the, the murder is atoned for. Of course, uh, if the actual murderer is discovered, is found, then uh, this doesn't stand, this does not stay, uh, uh, stand in place of a court prosecution of the actual murderer. But in the meantime, the, the, a murder did take place, and that's a, a national catastrophe, and therefore there has to be some form of forgiveness and atonement that is in fact accomplished if they, if they do this uh, whole ceremony. With that, we conclude our Shior for today. 
This was a presentation of the DOF map. We hope you enjoyed it. Please like and subscribe to be informed of our other videos. For resources and more information, please visit our website at www.thedofmap.com.